0: Well, it's a good day to be here, amen?
1: And uh, man, I, as I have said this morning already in the first service, uh, those are awesome songs to be singing over our lives. I hope you know that these are like the songs that like can define who you are, how you live out your life, and uh, just uh, living out a worshiping life, a life that is adoring the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is completely won over to Jesus Christ. Because seriously, he's the best thing that's ever happened to your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if that's not the case, I hope you will discover it to be so in your life. He is absolutely amazing. I just want to mention again that uh, we have uh, coming up uh, next week, we'll be an all-church vote on uh, the sale of some property adjacent uh, to our main campus that will help us completely eliminate the debt against this church. And so I want to know we're we're that close. So how awesome, right? I don't know if you know this, but a few when I came here, we started we were at about 3.5 million dollars in debt and now we're at like around 300 and something. So praise the Lord, right? It's a big deal. So we'll be voting on that as a congregation next week. And thank you for, just thank you for your giving. Um, you help, I like it when you're giving, your tithes, you know. Some people actually get like 10% of their income or more uh, uh, to, to support the ministries of PNC. Those people just really help us, you know, like push it over the hump. We're so thankful for that. One of the things that we get to do is that we get to have a ministry uh, to uh, peep, uh, brothers and sisters in our population who who uh, speak Spanish. And so our Hispanic Ministries New Beginning Church, and we support through your giving our, our, our Hispanic pastor, uh, David Rocha, and his wife, Kata, and their children. And so it's just awesome that, that we get to do that. I just want to tell you that when we're packing up these Thanksgiving boxes on the 21st, this coming Thursday night, uh, we'll be packing up some of those boxes. About 20 of them are going to go to uh, David Roach's ministry. Now, he has a particular ministry to Cottonwood Mobile Home Park just off of River Road. And uh, year, uh, several years ago, when we began just like uh, going in there and praying, and, uh, um, and uh, we, we, we saw that, you know, nobody's like coming from there to here. We just kind of said, okay, well, let's just turn it upside down. And David, why, we're just going to anoint you. <laughs> and bless you to be the pastor over those one hundred and twenty mobile homes off of river road, and we 're just going to let 's just watch and see what God does right and so now there 's just an open door in in into that uh, neighborhood, and uh, we 're just seeing uh, some significant growth and transformation take place and besides david is uh, uh, goes to the jails uh, the jail, the detention center at SeaTac uh the city of SeaTac, and there he ministers and has baptized many and so there's just like been this amazing like growth uh of the kingdom of god through this ministry uh th- and this week he's going to be handing out on the saturday night with uh an event here uh to uh, about uh, 20 families from that area these thanksgiving boxes so wouldn't it be great to see god just do more and more amen yeah, you, you just thought it was just about a little Sunday meeting somewhere. It's really so much larger than that, and it is pretty exciting. So thanks be to God. Amen. So the text for today, which I it, to me is just like really powerful, continues our uh, theme of living free. So Friday night and Saturday, there were about, just a little over, uh, throughout all the sessions, 150 people, uh, you were some of them, who gathered here uh, for uh, kind of an intensive course on living free about how it is, that our, what God has given to us, understood, understanding our original design as being beloved and we were made for a love relationship with him and how all that has gotten like tweaked and uh, completely uh, broken because of uh, sin into the world and how God has sent Jesus to restore all of that and how we can actually move into a complete restoration of what God has intended all along. Because of what Jesus has done. And I'm just so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ, aren't you? So today we're just, and next Sunday, we're going to just continue what we began for the for all of uh, November. Just talk about this matter of living free and how to actually step into it. So the text for today, uh, centers Around the Relentless Jesus. Uh, the reason that I've just kind of entitled the Relentless Jesus is because... The love of God is in relentless pursuit of your life. You, you, may, you may think that God doesn't care that much, but he actually does. You, you, may, you may think that, yeah, God, God's in pursuit of me, mainly because, like he can hardly wait to judge me. No, not the case. God is in relentless pursuit. His love is in relentless pursuit of your life to bring wholeness, to bring healing restoration between you and God, you and others, and, and, and to also uh, bring a, a healing and a wholeness to yourself, right? So that rather being like disoriented and fragmented and broken, you are able to more and more discover the shalom, as we mentioned last week, the shalom of God, the well-being, the wholeness that God has always intended and desired for you. And he and he is he's intent on this. The prophet Hosea, one place, when uh, when when the people are just like they're 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 like they're they're not determined to move away from God. They're determined to walk away from God. They're determined to break not only the laws of God but to break God's heart. And and there's a passage in Hosea, the prophet, where 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 God speaks to the prophet and says, God says, how how can I give you up? How can I give you up? Uh, how can I let you go? I know I'm going to have to. I know I know you're insisting on your own way. I know I have to respect the freedom of your will to move away from me. But I want to let you know what my heart is. I can hardly stand it. How can I give you up? I taught you to walk. I, I brought you into this world. I taught you to walk. I you know, I've i I've I've sang songs over you, I've 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 desired you, but now you're walking away from me. And and it's just you just get the heart of God right here where he says, How how can I let you go? How can I give you over to another? And I think that, you know, if we were to ever capture the depth of the love of God for us, it would just absolutely revolutionize the entire orientation of our hearts. And we would just like be turned back to him in such a beautiful way. Well, this is what Jesus has come to do. So the text that I'm going to read to you is found in uh, in Mark chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 9. And um, just listen to this word. A story, right? Uh, John the Baptist, of course, has come on the scene. He has announced Jesus. And then Jesus, it says came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven before, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, "You are my son, whom I love; with you I am well pleased." I, you know, there's baptism coming up on the on the 15th, actually, of, uh, of December. If you haven't yet been baptized, or if you have been, I want to let you know, this is what we pray happens to you. In fact, it is the Father's will that what took place in the relationship between God the Father and God the Son, that it takes place in your life as well. That you hear the voice of the Father say to you, you are my beloved son or daughter, and with you I am well pleased. And to have like, as it were here, that the heaven's like torn open. I mean, Mark is like so um, graphic in how he speaks about what happened. Like, the heavens are like torn open. And uh, the Spirit of God descended like a dove and landed on Jesus. And so you would not only hear his affirming words, but you would feel his affectionate touch upon your life. Like, this is, this is what God wants to work within us, Right? And then it says this, At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and there he was for 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and then this beautiful note, and angels attended him. And after John, uh, later on, you know, John, his message was really disturbing to some of the religious leaders and to the political authorities like King Herod. And so King Herod had John arrested and later on beheaded. But it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Wow. That, now there's a message for you, right? How many of you would just love for pastors to have that brief of a message, right? It's like the shortest record of the message of jesus right it might have just been the summary that mark gave to it when he writes but it is uh, nonetheless such a powerful powerful word where he just simply says the time has come i mean could you could you actually be moved into faith be moved into action by these simple words the time has come the kingdom of god has arrived Repent, turn around, believe what I'm telling you, believe the good news. Amen. So let's just like unpack that just a little bit. I will tell you that this is actually, this is actually the, the word that rocks our world. Just even that phrase, good news, that, the, that, that, it's really one word, the gospel, uh, translated here like in these two words, good news. The good news of that Jesus brings, Um, by the way, um, good news was really needed in those days, as in our days. Uh, There had been like 400 years. I mean, God had always spoken like through the prophets to Israel and bringing a word that says, hey, God is calling you back. God is calling you into this this new way. So turn and turn your lives around. And, And of course, that was highly ignored and. Uh, The prophets would come and and deliver uh, to them, you know, just God's heart, but also the judgments that were coming to them because they were insisting on their own way. But then there was a period like of like about 400 years where it was just like, like it, it is as if heaven had gone silent. And there had been no prophet in Israel for this long period of time, about 400 years. Can you imagine the, the people used to hearing the prophets come? I know they were bugged by the prophets. You know, prophets were saying things they didn't want to hear. But all of a sudden, it's just like, whoo, silent. And then all, all, all out of the blue, there there comes this, this this man, kind of eccentric man, John the Baptist, the baptizer, who begins preaching in the wilderness. And he has such a powerful message of God. Everybody, everybody says, "Oh my goodness, this is this is God speaking again." And then they, they rush out. They go out to the wilderness. And there they listen to John out into the desert. And John is, is teaching the word about there's someone coming who is greater than I am. And, and prepare your way. Prepare your hearts. Prepare the way. You know, because something is about to happen. God is on the move. Right? And it was just, it was a stunning word. Absolutely a stunning word. You know, good news is. We all long for good news, right? A lot of times our world is rocked by bad news. A lot of times we're rocked by what has happened. But when good news happens, it's just like, oh my goodness. So sometimes I hear of like, oh, good news, right? Good news, the fires in Southern California are now being contained. Good news, rain has come. Or good news, the people in Paradise, California, are beginning to rebuild their homes and their businesses, you know, and you, you could just say, okay, there's been a reversal of the fortunes. There, something new is beginning to happen that's restoring us. One of my favorite stories out of the, uh, out, out of the Old Testament is uh, the story of, of uh, Mephibosheth. Uh, you want to, don't say that too fast, right? Mephibosheth, right? Um, that's, I have never heard anybody name Mephibosheth, but this young man, he was named that. He was a grandson of, of King Saul. King Saul, of course, had been, had, had been killed. Uh, David has now entered into his reign uh, following King Saul. And uh, David one day says, is there anybody in the household of Saul that I can show favor to? Is there anybody left? Because as far as he knew, everybody had been wiped out. And so uh, word comes to him that, yes, there is, there is one uh, a person of note, especially a grandson by the name of Mephibosheth, um, and if you read the passage, you'll see that that he lives uh, in the land of Lo Debar, Lo Debar. So would you say that? That's a Hebrew word, Hebrew pronunciation. Would you say it with me, Lo Debar? Just say that again, Lo Debar. And so there's a grandson there. His name is Mephibosheth. He is crippled in both feet. Now, of course, already you begin to know note that this young man has uh, you know not not much going for him, right? His his, his, his father, his grandfather, his, his, the people around his family, for, for the most part, they have been destroyed. And here he is left, and he has crippled feet. And we don't know how. Uh, there, well, there is some indication about how that happened. You can read about that in the scriptures too, how he was just dropped and how you know, all this tragedy entered into his life. Well, David says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. And can you imagine, Mephibosheth said, the king wants to see you. Can you imagine like kind of a mixture? Well, it probably, he probably, it probably didn't feel very good because he really didn't know yet the heart of David because he was in the lineage of the king who had opposed David. And so he is called before David. And when he comes before David, he says these words. The man from Lodabar says these words. What do you want with a dead dog like me? What do you want with a dead dog like me? And so I, I can just only imagine like what this man must have felt about himself. You, you see, Lodabar means means no place. He was from Lodabar, no place. And he was a man who was thought he was nobody. And so when you just read the story, it's just amazing about how this is spelled out. But the man who believes he is nobody and a man from no place is invited to the king's house. And then he he hears the word of the king. You have found favor. I love you. And you are always going to sit at my table as one of my own sons. And it concludes this little section by saying, And so Mephibosheth always sat and ate at the king's table as one of the king's sons. Amen. Would you, I, if you were Mephibosheth, you would wake up the next morning and you would go, This is not happening. Right? This is not real. But this is what I would offer to you, and my friends, today, that all throughout the Scriptures, there is this declaration of good news. Something that moves absolutely contrary to what we had believed in the first place or what we had seen. I was so captivated just kind of by, uh, by a description in that same prophet, Hosea, uh, by a description of, of the terrible condition, Right? And so I just want to let you know that the, that the kingdom of God, the favor of God, the day of God's gracious rule has arrived. That it should come into a setting where such brokenness was happening. And it was affecting the entire creation. Let, let, me, let me read to you some verses out of Hosea chapter 4 that, that most of you have never never read and never put together, I, w- I would imagine. It says this in chapter 4, Verse uh, 1, the second part. There is no faithfulness, and there is no love, and there is no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing, and lying, and murder, and stealing, and adultery. They break all bonds, and bloodshed follows upon bloodshed. And because of this, there is an environmental effect. Because of this, the land dries up, and all who live in it, and there is a relational distress, and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea are swept away. So you can just, all of creation groans. The literal creation groans for the restoration, right? And so when Jesus comes and says, I, you know, basically, I've come to reverse the curse. Man, that is awesome news. Amen? That is good news. In a few weeks, we'll be singing Christmas carols, and one of them will be, I'm sure, joy to the world. And one line in that, my favorite, that his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Amen? There's no place of brokenness. There's no desolation. There is nothing that has gone on that cannot be touched and and transformed by the presence of the kingdom of God. The good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus comes proclaiming the good news. And he says this, the time has come. The time has come. Repent and believe the gospel. The time has come. There's kind of, I, I, I believe, that it seems to me like there's two um, nuances in this. One is that the kairos, which means it's not, not the Greek word for chronology, but for the opportune time. Like for, boom, this is the time. This, like everything has moved through all the prophets, from creation through all the, all the call of God all the patriarchs, old prophets, everything has moved to this kairos, to this moment. Boy, when you think about that, this, that, this was a big moment. Amen. The time has come. There's another piece to that, I think, that carries an urgency. It's, it's like an urgency to us because it's wrapped up also in the words of Jesus in this brief message. Repent. The time has come. Turn around. The time. This is the time. This is the time to kick passivity to the curve. This is the time to stop your delay. This is the time to, to turn from your unbelief. This is the time to, uh, to change your mind about who Jesus is. This is the time. The time has come. And, and there remains for us this question. Will we believe what God is speaking to us? Will we believe Will we engage and receive? Will we welcome this reign of the kingdom of God upon the dry ground? I had um, such a privilege uh, if, a couple of weeks ago uh, sitting down for lunch with Matt Iverson who sits right here. <laughs> and uh, And he had like an event in his life that that transformed him, uh, and in his darkness, I'll, I'll let him tell you about it. God gave him a song. So, Matt, you want to just uh, come up, right? Just you want to welcome Matt?
0: But maybe I should dress a little maybe in some nice clothes but you know, I, I remember i don't really have any so
1: hey that works that works uh matt uh wow you, you know you you uh laid out uh for me just some of your story and then how god spoke into it and uh and he's so kind to to share that with us so yeah would you just
0: do that yeah uh just uh to, to give a a uh the story surrounding this song that God gave me over 20 years ago. Uh, just to give a background, quick background, i uh young, just got married. Uh, my daughter had just been born. I just bought this really nice $1,700 Taylor 810 guitar. And I was working, and, and shortly before this job, and I don't remember exactly where it came in the picture, but I started having seizures uh, between two and four a week, basically. Um, and those seizures, I had a seizure at work, and it was shortly after that I was let go of my job. And the pressure leading up to this, here I am holding on to this job, knowing I got a baby girl at home, I got a, you know, was so incredible that when I lost that job, I, I, I had a nervous breakdown, utter shattering of my mind. Everything broke. And it was broken. They, they, I didn't feel normal the next morning. No, this was normal now. And so I'm at home. I can't work. I can't drive. I can't watch my baby daughter because I might have a seizure. So she's at my in laws. I was Mephibosheth. Did I get it right? That was me. God comes to me and God, I said, what, do you, what would you possibly want from me? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. My brother, I remember he says, I, I thought I lost my brother because I was no longer the man I was before. And it was one of the darkest times of my entire life. And in the middle of a nervous breakdown, God gives me this song, and I, and I literally scribbled this thing out in about a half hour. And I'm not a lyricist. I'm not much of a lyricist. Um, my brother's much more that. Um, but I've scribbled this thing out almost in a manic state. And this song talks about God. Some of the lyrics being God being my healer, the lifter of my head. That was, I was not healed at the time. I still had seizures. I was still having seizures. I had still lost my mind for all intents and purposes. But in that darkness, like Abraham, when he was at his worst, God came to him. God minister. And and he came to me in that darkness and he gives me this song. And the song, by the way, when I write it, I, I couldn't identify with any of it at the time. That's not where I was. But it was God telling me two things. One, my son, I have not forgotten about you.
1: Praise the Lord.
0: <laughs> I needed to hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> and that I would not always be there. I would not always be there. And I didn't even understand after I wrote the song. Yeah. But he gives me this song. And as the years have gone by, he, by the way, uh, my, my father, along with some other men from our church, they laid hands on me, prayed for me. God healed my seizures right there, on the spot, and I knew it. Upon being, they were done. Amen, I knew. Amen, yeah. it's over. Man. I went and told Ooh, my do doctor. You. I went and told my doctor. <laughs> he happens to be a Christian, and he's like, okay, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you on this, but we're going to take this real easy. So he kind of <laughs> slowly took me off my meds. I haven't had a seizure in 20-some years.
1: Yeah, amen. And,
0: and I knew it. And so he healed that. And then he began to restore my mind. And now... Again, people who know me would not recognize how I was then. And now I can identify with this song. And, and I put the song away for years, and now God has resurrected it recently. And so I'll play it for you guys. Um, but, yeah, uh, bear with me. I am fighting a nasty cold. So if I croak, that's, I'm much better than that normally.
1: Right? Hey, while he's getting set up, let's pray for him, okay, right now. So, God, thank you. Thank you that you speak over us. Thank you that you have a word for us. We praise you for what you've done for Matt, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come now. Yeah. Help him press through this cold. Help him, Lord, to minister from his heart. Words that came from your heart. To us, in Jesus' name.
2: My soul finds refuge in you, Lord. My eyes are open, fixed on you. You're the one I run to when my heart grows weary. And I ask for nothing else but just to be with you. Only in you do I find rest for my soul, and I am at peace. Under the shadow of your wings, oh God, my hiding place. Healer of my wounds, and the lifter of my head. I stand in awe before you, God. For you have blessed me despite what I deserve. But even if my world should crumble and fall around me, yet will I sing of your goodness and mercy. Only in you do I find rest for my soul and I am at peace. Under the shadow of your wings, O God, my hiding place, healer of my wounds and the lifter of my head. For you have shown me such loving kindness, deeper than the ocean's. And wider than the sea. You've brought me out of my despair. Oh, 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 your blood has washed me clean. Only in you do I find rest for my soul, and I am at peace. Under the shadow of your wings, O God, my hiding place, healer of my wounds, and the lifter of my head, you're the lifter of my head.
1: Amen. Thank Amen.
0: Thanks a lot, man. Man, it's great. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Beautiful.
1: Oh man, praise God! Right. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. message of jesus just affects the whole family right and the thing i want you to know is that like this was given before he experienced it how many times how many times do we reject what god has said because we're not currently experiencing it right how many times we just dismiss the word because it seems either too good or like it's not meeting me at the moment but but it will it's a prophetic word has come and it's meant to make a huge difference within your life. So what I just want to, the way I want to just kind of bring this together this morning is to tell you there is a way for you to lay hold of what is true from Jesus. Over the weekend, we've been talking about how the Living Free uh, uh, material and stuff, we've been talking about the four R's, or you'll see they're kind of like eight R's, but... Like these four R's, it's just a, it's just a way, it's just a, a handle, a tool to try to help us get engaged in the gospel of Jesus. When Jesus came, Jesus said these words, he says, repent. So like he says, the time has come, right, the time has come. Everything, like the table is set, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. So repent. So really, that's a call to us to change our minds, to turn. So when you hear the gospel, when you hear the good news about Jesus, when you hear about what Jesus wants to do within your life, the question is, will you repent? Will you, will you hear what Jesus says? And, and I think about how uh, when we come to love Jesus, one of the things we want to do is to give to Jesus what he desires, not what he desires for this relationship with us. And so the first, like the first place that we step into this grace that's been given to us is to repent. So it's a gift from God to repent, to turn. It's, it's a tremendous grace where, where we turn. And like if, if the kingdom of God is near and we're going this way and we return, we, we what we're going to do is we're going to run right into the grace of God. We're going to run right into the kingdom of God. The provision of God, the help of God, the hope of God through Jesus Christ. So, re, so turn, repent, and receive like forgiveness for your sins. It's so great. And, and, and sometimes it's not all the sins. It's just that we have this one big this one big sin that we would call, that we've actually been moving away from God, and we need to turn our whole you know, full face back toward him and say, God, I want you, and I'm willing to receive what you have done for me in Jesus Christ. And all along the way, in this freedom, in this kingdom work that God wants to do in our lives, there's always this activity of repentance going on. Oh my goodness! Like this is like this is like active in my life so often throughout the week, where God is showing me something that where I have just kind of uh, need to just turn toward Him, right? And it just keeps the relationship so fresh and so new and so real. The second thing is, and repent is also this rebuke the enemy. And renounce his lies. Listen. (laughs) The life of Jesus, as it even began before his sermon, tells us that there's going to be a battle. In fact, after his baptism, he was led by by, by the Spirit into the desert. And there he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. And he resisted him. And so we also are going to have battle. And you can be sure that there's someone, there are powers There are principalities or authorities in the heavenly realms and working on earth that want to keep you away from Jesus Christ. Or if you are a believer, they want to keep your entire walk with Jesus uh, undeveloped, atrophied, you know. They, 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 They want to just defeat what Christ has come to do for you. But the name of Jesus is so powerful, amen. And so what we are to do as we return, we note the lies that we have been believing. And the enemy lies to us all the time. He says that you're not worth it. You're not worthy. He says that you are not loved. He says to you that God's probably fed up with you. That, God, that, that probably judgment is headed your way. That you'll never measure up. You'll never be good up. He uses the lies that others have spoken to us to completely convince us that we are not worthy to receive what Jesus has done for us. He lies to us. He says to us such things. Well, that's just who you are. You can never be any different. And that just simply is the lie above all lies. Amen? But once we recognize the lies, as we repent and turn toward Jesus, then it is very important that we note the lies and we renounce them. We don't just kind of try to think it through in our head. We actually speak it out loud. We rebuke the liar, the enemy, and we renounce the lies. It's good to hear your own voice renouncing the lies. And then we replace it with the truth. We replace the lies with what is true, what God has said about us in Jesus Christ. This should make you really hungry to know the scriptures of about Jesus and about what Jesus says to us. Even great Older Testament words that are spoken over us. It says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Or the words from the scriptures of Jesus says, where, where he says, I have called you, I choose you, you are mine. So what we do is that we replace the lies with the truth and we renew our minds. Because I tell you, it's in the renewing of our minds, which is really the, in the thinking of our hearts. It's kind of a Hebrew, uh, Old Testament way of saying like, you know, it's just not your thinking, objective mind. It's like how you think with your heart. How, how you think with your whole being. It really has to do with the orientation of your love. So as you renew, replace the lies with truth and renew your heart and mind, and then, okay, this is all just part of that, like repenting and believing the good news. Not going to believe the lies anymore. Going to believe the good news. Instead of the lies that have been defeating you and keeping you trapped and keep, like, stomping you down, You're able to begin now by the power of God's Spirit to begin to believe and embrace the truth. So that last part is simply this. Receive the Holy Spirit and rejoice. Because none of this we can do by ourselves. Do you understand? You can't do it by yourself. You cannot. It's impossible to do this by yourself. That's why. Earlier in these verses in Mark chapter 1, John the Baptist said about Jesus, I baptize you with water But there is one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So guess what? What we are being called to do, repent. Turn around. Reject the lies. Embrace the truth. Replace the lies with truth. All of this is empowered by the Holy Spirit. He will give to you the Holy Spirit. You will be able to do this because of His presence. In your life. I'm just like. I'm so grateful. Look at this. Look at this amazing good news. We may be nobody from no place. (laughs) That may be the story. I said uh, to someone recently. I said. That you. (laughs) Your future. You are not a failure. Jesus Christ has something better for you. And she says back to me, she says, well, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that's who I am. I said, no, actually, that is what your story is to this point. But that is not who you are because Jesus has spoken a different word over you. Amen? So just like in Matt's story, Matt, thank you so much. Here before he even knew it, before he saw the realization of the words, There was this God, as Zechariah tells us, this God who says, I am singing over you. I am singing over you. I am singing you into a new future. I am singing you into new hope. I am singing you into a new identity. I am giving you a future. And so I ask you, will you be, Good soil that responds to the message, the word, the seed that Jesus sows. The gospel of Jesus and the Jesus of the gospel. Will you just find yourself saying, yes. Because I tell you this, the relentless Jesus is all in. And when you begin to say, I repent, I will renounce the lies. I replace it with the truth. I will learn this as a way of living by the power of your Holy Spirit that you've given to me. Then you're saying back to Jesus, I will do what you're calling me to. And the I will always comes before the I can. Amen. Let's pray. Father, it is your heart's desire that we come to know the liberating good news of Jesus Christ. News right from your heart, the good news of God himself. So thank you, Lord, for what you're calling us into. Give us a heart that will repent and make our hearts good soil to receive and retain this word that you have spoken to to us. In Jesus Christ, Amen. We're going to stand, and we're just going to we're going to sing. And I just want to offer this ministry time to you. That if you just, I just ask pastors and any prayer ministers that are here to just be available, just come right up and be ready to pray with anyone. If you have need for healing prayer, we want to pray healing prayer over you. If with that healing prayer, you know there's a mixture of a need to forgive or to or to just surrender to Christ, we want to help you pray about that. If you want to bypass people to pray with you and just want to come and kneel at these places up here and say, God, I'm the one, I'm coming to you. I'm going to believe your word for me before I actually see it happen. (laughs) If you're like that, just feel free to come. But let's, let's give to Jesus what he invites us into. Repent. Believe the good news about Jesus Christ. Amen? The good news of the kingdom of God.